Hello and welcome back to another LA Rams UK podcast. It's uh, Aaron, I'm back, hi. And with me tonight is Chris. Good evening. And we have Tony. Good evening. And unfortunately, Jordan couldn't make it this week, but so it's just the three of us. Uh, but we're going to dive into the state that is our season so far. Let's start off on a negative note. No, we've got a reputation we've got. Um, and then move on, obviously, as normal, to the next week's game against Atlanta. Uh, look at the latest 24 hours, which has been crazy. And take your questions as normal. So let's look back. Where are we right now? The Rams are sitting at three and three. Could be worse. Could be a lot better. We know that. And we've lost three straight games. So we lost against the 49ers. Let's have a quick summary, uh, starting with your thoughts, Tony, on the game itself. Well, I've been speaking to my counsellor this week, and he, he says that I shouldn't really talk about this anymore. That's in a safe <laughs> environment. Um, the, I think the one positive that we can take from the game is, is that we scored a first quarter touchdown. Yeah, which we obviously made a tweet about that, trying to, trying to be a bit positive uh, after the last three weeks of maybe a little bit of negativity, just to see what, what positives we can take from our season so far. And one of them was, for once, we scored a touchdown, not only on our first offensive drive, but, well, not only in our first quarter of a game, which is the first of this season, but in our first drive. It was pretty impressive, wasn't it? I, th- I thought so, yeah. I was, I was pretty excited by it all to start with, to be honest. I thought this could be a, 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 a bit of a to-and-fro game. Um, very interesting, you know, worth staying up for. And then it all sort of seemed to fall apart, didn't it? But... Um, <laughs> It wasn't pretty. It wasn't good. After the positivity of the Seattle game, even even though we lost that game, uh, we seemed to take a lot of positives from it. We we performed well, even though we lost. Um, but I, I I don't see any positives from the Frisco game. To be honest, you know, we didn't play well on either side of the ball. Um, there were far too many Niner fans in the stands, um, making the presence felt. Um, now yeah. on that, when I, when I, the problem is the stadium seats are red as well, aren't they? They are. So I was looking at, it, I was thinking, well, how much of this is actually just seats? Yeah. <laughs> I know we've got a bit of a reputation of not filling the stadium. Apparently, people dig us out for it. I was thinking, are they really? Thought, you know, obviously they travelled well. We know that, but was it? Did it look worse? Well, the, the, I think there's two things there, isn't there? Really, is that yeah? It, it probably does look worse because there are red seats, and we we had the same problem in St Louis, if everybody remembers. You know, we always got called out on that, but the the red seats there made it look even worse. And everybody says that the San Francisco fans travel well. They haven't travelled well. These are people who live in Los Angeles. Who oh, yeah, come but out it takes from... effort, doesn't it, in LA to travel in LA? Well, that's, even to be five fair, minutes down the road. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, yes. But these 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 are Southern California <laughs> fans who come out for one game a season, pay over the odds for that one game every season ticket, and make the best of it for that one event. It's their event of the year to support their team, um, even though it's a Northern California team rather than. SoCal. It's mm. uh, stuff them. I don't want to talk about him anymore. Next. <laughs> that's, that's your cue, Chris. <laughs> That'll be me then, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I think we found out last week that, that Tony had a very, very strong hatred um, for the 49ers. Yeah. I like, hate them, wasn't it? I hate yeah, them. It was, it was quite strong, actually. As much we'll as his love, about that. It was like his love for Cooper Cup and the hatred for the 49ers. We know where he sits. His wife's in the middle, I think. But no, it was, and I agree with Tony, watching the first drive, it was like, oh, here we go. Here we go, we're back. Obviously, went straight down the field, running the ball like we've all been talking about. And then I don't really know what what was the, the tick that effectively, that sort of just ended that positivity, really. Um, it was like watching 
men versus boys, which we haven't really felt like that for a long time. And I think the negativity that, that's coming towards the team has been that, and it's like we said, and I think I may have even said on a couple of weeks ago, sort of being complacent to the fact that we think we're actually now going to win every week, which so we should, but every team has a blip. As much as we don't want to go back and talk about last year in relation to the Super Bowl, but everyone was talking that everyone thought Brady and Belichick were finished maybe six games into last year. Teams do go through this sort of situation. Now, don't get me wrong, they are the sort of the pinnacle what everybody's aiming to get to, but we've not had this before. We've not had this under McMay before, so it's now let's see how good they really are. And that's the kind of thing I'm sort of taking a spin on it is let's now see how good this coaching staff really is because you can, you're only as good to how you come back. They were fantastic going and it was all revolutionary when they first come in and look at what they're doing, which is slightly different. But let's now, let's when there's a bit of adversity against them, a bit of negativity, let's see how we turn it around and we'll talk further on down the line to potentially how they're going to attack that because of what's happened in the last 24 hours. But I think this is now where these coaches and even the players to that start earning their crust. Um, to actually start turning up. I think you, you've just got to forget what's happened in the last three weeks now. You've got to use it as your platform to move forward. I'm getting a little bit tired of the... It's not much else they can say, really, I guess. But it just seems the same sort of robotic response to... And it, to be honest, the reason for it is that it's... Most likely, it's, it's the fact. It's true, where they say, oh, it's all about... We're not executing. It's execution. We're executing in practice perfectly. We're preparing perfectly. We're working hard. It's just not executing, not executing. Do you know what I mean? Like, they keep saying the same thing. But I guess that's... It's right, isn't it? But it's like, how do you execute on the day then when you're preparing as well as you think you can? Well, that's their job now, isn't it? To work out why. Um, And hopefully they can come up with the solution of why it's not. Um, and it's like you say, there's a, there's lots of obviously situations where the, the the coaches have got to back and, and come out and say what they've got to say. I get that they're not going to come out and say it was shocking, are they? They can't turn around and and call their own players. Get that completely. But there's got to be some honesty to the fact that yes, they maybe aren't delivering. So let's now go and, and work on what we actually how we need to deliver it. Is it the message? on the sideline is that the message in the in the team room a couple of days earlier that that's what they've obviously got to figure out it, it does make me make me laugh with how many people outside of our franchise and, and other fans that have jumped on how we are getting on um I did well, in, a negative, in a negative way you mean like, yeah and the just the comments and the, the and the odd retweets and all that kind of thing and it's like well we're quite happy dealing with what we're dealing with and and You've got to be honest with yourself, and most Rams fans are still thinking we're actually in a in a we would we've not used to being in these sort of positions because this Christ knows four years ago if we were three and three we were made up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we'd have taken. We're, yeah, we'd have taken we're so that, yeah. used. We've that's what I mean about complacency. You can't think it's going to happen without working at it. And there has been some changes, and it's like I put on the Instagram post, this is a team in transition. Again, we'll come on to potentially how that transition's maybe accelerated. Um, but there has been some quite... Your big names haven't changed, but notable changes, the ones that actually do the legwork potentially has impacted more than they thought it was going to. Well, the elephant in the room, I guess, is... Well, not so much the elephant, because everyone's talking about it, but is the offensive line. That changed quite dramatically from from people who are experienced pros into putting second-year guys in. And now Goff is under pressure, and then it all falls apart. Not because Goff's bad under pressure. which I mean, anyone under that amount of duress is going to suffer. So I think that's a little bit harsh sometimes. People come at him about um, not being able to handle the pressure. But um, Everyone's going to get at Jared Goff. He's a number-one pick. Yeah, and doesn't, because of the doesn't, success... Doesn't matter what season Bowl, he's in. They, yeah. they want to see him fall. Because of McVeigh, it's all that... that Glamorous, we're that glamorous team with the young coach. Well, he's been, you know, and he's been super offense. He's been, yeah, his expectations are high, and they so they want to see people are going to get on his case. And I, okay, fine, let's see how the kid deals with it. Again, do you know what I mean? And it, it, it's it's something else that you'd like to see move, him move forward and him actually take it on his shoulders as the 
the, the captain in inverted commas of the team. I mean, you can't you can't fault Goff, although you don't see much of a personality like some of the characters out there at QB. I don't think you can fault him at all in the way that he conducts himself, in the way he talks about practice and the game and he's you know taking ownership for mistakes. He says and acts the way it pers- personally I think you should act in his position. So he's doing nothing wrong there. It's just, I mean, day it's a team game, so he doesn't fall on any one, one player. There's only so much he can do with if an offensive line aren't doing their job or wide receivers aren't getting wide or, or so forth. So they've all got to gel together. And we did, I mean, we, th- we went 3-0 and at the end of the day to start the season. Um, looking at our prediction, we all predicted at this point 3-2. and two. Different losses, different teams, but we all predicted 3-2. and two. So our expectations at the beginning of the season were maybe a little bit less then when we started winning, we were almost like, oh, how have we got the three and three? But reality, it's only one game more that we've lost that we actually thought we would. Um, so I don't think it's all bad. Uh, I did like some of the responses that we had on that Twitter about <laughs> uh, things to be positive about. Uh, DG said uh, on Twitter, I have my health. <laughs> Classic. Uh, Jared didn't throw an interception. And I don't think he has done now for like nine games. I may be wrong there. <laughs> that's, that's a good stat, Aaron. That's yeah, a good stat. I hope it it's true. <laughs> Someone look that up and let me know if, if I got that wrong. But I thought I heard them say that, that he hasn't thrown an interception for quite a while. It, does, it feels like it's been sooner, but I think it is quite a while. Um, someone said that our 2020 first round draft pick seems to be getting, by the minute, getting better by the minute, which obviously that's changed now. <laughs> Uh, so yeah there was there was quite a few uh, responses there some were more personal about their own lives than ours um, but um, some people jumped on that so that was good um, but yeah in terms of the 49er game um, we had, well, the defence they only let 20 points in, in in total so it wasn't a terrible game on their part really was it? No, no, and to be fair the, we did have some some decent stops on there and, and Jojo Natsum have potentially touched the ball more than, than he has done in previous games. I think it was just, and it's, it's been the same sort of thing, silly penalties and mistakes on our own part. So the fact that we've, we're beating ourselves before we actually let the, uh, the, the other team beat us first. And, and that mm. seems to be the case. And it's, if you take them out of the equation, potentially we're going to be, Hopefully, in a better position. I just, I, well, firstly, let's, let's start at the beginning. I paid nine pound ninety nine to Sky because of <laughs> Game Pass and the, their blimmin' blackouts that they have. So I paid nine ninety nine, and then I had to watch for five minutes while I quarterback in the game. I can't remember what game was it on before. Just started kneeling at the end of the game. It's like our game had started. It's like, what are you doing? Turn it over. Yeah, that's this? typical Sky, isn't it? That's and to be fair, it's not time. very often. It's not very often they choose a five past nine for us over here in the UK kickoff. Mm. They normally choose the half nine because of that, which I was quite even caught a pass. Just like I mean, well, yeah. just turn it over. The game's dead. They're kneeling. It's over. Well, like, and, I've then got... went, and then they went on for a couple more minutes, just talking about statistics with Neil. Well, I've got I've got Sky Q. And you can show off split screen it. <laughs> Apologies, <laughs> drop, drop, Mike. <laughs> but why can't you split screen it? Yeah, in this yeah in today's Red, world, Red yeah. Zone seems to be able to do that quite easily. And, and while that was going, screen. and while that was going on, Aaron Donald got a sack, didn't he? Straight off the bat, I believe he got a turnover, didn't he? Yeah, we did see that though, didn't we? Well, well, I don't think I did. So I don't know what Sky Channel I was watching. I must have been on the wrong one. Was I on red zone? You must have been, because I saw that. <laughs> but the Sky one I was on said the LA games. I don't know what's going on there. Because the only thing I missed, the only thing you missed was the kickoff. Oh, okay. So that, well, that, that was that then. And then obviously we got the ball. The first drive, our rush offense has been terrible, it feels like. And then it was almost like the perfect drive. And it was like, oh my God, it's finally working. And then obviously it all went downhill very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> very quickly. We, we scored the first touchdown 
as we mentioned earlier, first time this season in the first quarter and then decided not to score anything the rest of the game. <laughs> so, yeah, brilliant. Golf through for about 78 yards. I just, I don't, I don't know why. I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone does, do they? How, how this has happened in this game. I feel a bit embarrassed because I think one of my pre-season articles that I, I, I wrote a little bit too much on uh, and we ended up editing, I just sort of put reasons why I feel beat the 49ers. Uh, I think I just put uh, Garoppolo and that was it. <laughs> that was it. And then they've just been, what, they're 5-0. They're I mean, I know they've had maybe easier uh, teams, as I say, but they still beat us on our turf. So it just shows you how unpredictable football can be. Yeah, to be yeah. fair, to be fair, and, and I'll I'll do this bit, Tony, because I know it might be quite hard for you to to, to give them any kind of credit. I'm um, still crying. I'm still crying. <laughs> yeah, but they did defend well, and when you've got a defensive coordinator that that looks like a WWE wrestler kicking off on the sideline, you're probably going to do as he says. Um, yeah, and I, I, pumped, yeah, you've got to give him that to be fair, didn't? And fair to be away, where's Wade Phillips at with that aggression? Yeah, he's, he's a bit <laughs> more chilled, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but no, he, they they did well. Fair do some. You got all hands up. I know it's a divisional rival and whatever else, but they they came with a game plan, and that is exactly what. As much as some people don't like the sky coverage. Um, they were talking about it in, in the studio there, that it is a copycat league. And people have seen how the Patriots shut us out in the Super Bowl and are effectively using that against us in various forms. So we've got to come against that and we've got to work that out in our way. So effectively, that's what the, the coaches surely, and I hope I'm not, the only ones thinking this, which, which obviously potentially I may be up for a job next year in the coaching staff, but people have, are using that as a blueprint against us. Um, so we've got to now counteract that. Now, is that because he didn't have the personnel and potentially he's now moving that forward? We'll see. I don't know. Um, but I think that's what is happening to the fact that people know know obviously what's how to get at us, we now need to change how we've actually came forward at people. Mm. There was two things that I took from it. It felt like Goff was thrown into the ground a lot, like quite, like just short. And it just, did anyone else feel like that? Or was it just me? It was very late. <laughs> I was watching it, but it just felt like it was, he just constantly thrown into the ground, like near the wide receiver, but just short. And I'm not sure if he was doing that on purpose because the coverage was tight and he wasn't, he wanted to make it difficult, probably most likely. The other thing was um, we saw Henderson come in at running back. And uh, it was a nice little spark during a bad period of the game. Unfortunately, it didn't pay off in, point, in terms thought, of points. I thought, I thought both Brown and Henderson did a decent job, to be honest. I mean, Brown, when he first came in, looked, looked pretty bloody good, to be honest. Mm. Um, better than Gailey has in the last couple of three games. Um, and I, I was, you know, after that initial scoring touchdown, I, I thought we was, I thought we were going to pound the Niners into the ground. Mm. And um, so I'm just reaching for the tissues again. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> I feel a bit sorry for Henderson to the fact that obviously they got very very good field position because of the fumble. That, that obviously came from him and I think it was a rookie-ish mistake to be looking at what's coming at you before you've actually got the ball under control it, it's one of them it, it, it's a rookie mistake in the end of the day um, but for when he actually first came in and one of his first carries I think near on when what the yardage actually was, but it was definitely breaking tackles and and moving the, moving the ball forward, so and moving the chain. So I don't think you can put much on those two guys. I think it was just one of those days where mm. one side of the ball didn't help the other. Um, yeah. He which had um, we've he been had doing six, that recently. Sorry, he had six carries, uh, thirty nine yards, six point five average yards carrying. Twenty two was his longest. Um, for Henderson. Which I think was that one where he broke through, wasn't it? Where yeah, 
Yeah, and, proud yeah. of him. Again, it's something just nice to see as we go further on down the stretch, and we'll we'll hopefully know in the next coming hours or days of of how girly is for for this week. And we've obviously got a uh, the one that obviously we're we're looking to to hopefully see as many of those starters on the field when they come over to London. But I'd rather us get the W with with the fit team rather than just play people to be showing them in in different places. But no, I think it's a, it's one of them days. It's one of those things, as you say, we're three and three. It's not the end of the world. Um, we would obviously all like to be in a in a in a five and one position, but we're not there. Let's just go thirteen and three because that's what I predicted. Well, that's it. And we said on Twitter that's what we got last season, so it's still achievable. It's just unfortunately, our it looks like our division's a little bit more competitive this year, with Forty uh, ers doing a bit better than they did before. Um, so we're going to have to take them when we've come across uh, Seattle and 49ers again next time well that's it and we may have to do that and, and it may be three three from our division in the playoffs you never know we're going to have to do some serious catching up to do that and to be devil's advocate to miss the playoffs that's not what the hierarchy want but it may actually give some people a kick up the backside and a bit of a reality check that you need to work for it again it's one of them things isn't it mm. I think we will take it, man. I think we will. I think we've got a good chance to go into the bye week, which is week nine, which neatly splits the the season in half for us. I think we've got a good chance to go in five and three. And if, yeah. if we can if we can mirror that in the second half, you know, I'll I'll take ten and six. Yeah, and um, we'll obviously come on to uh, the 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 future game on on the Falcons later on in the call, but there's been. Uh, there's been a couple of tweets and a couple of videos I've seen in relation actually to fantasy to that saying that this is Goff's best opportunity now with these next two games to flush out of his system what's happened in the last few weeks. So okay. sometimes you don't want to hear about that because it's sort of <laughs> coach's curse and, and commentator's curse, isn't it? But uh, we'll, we'll see where we go further forward. But yeah, let's just draw a line under it and move on. Okay, um, Tony, you want, you want to take some questions about this game against the 49ers? Is there yeah. anything there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, there are too many specific questions or comments about the actual game, to be honest. Most of it was generally about the team. But we've got one here from Vince Kitagawa, who I know is a, a season ticket holder at the, um, at the Coliseum. He says, it appears McVeigh has a bit of a writer's block. I see no, no new players or schemes coming from him. The line talent is down, so why not adjust the players to make it a better fit? Do you think McVeigh is capable of change? I feel we must give different looks to the opposition. So basically, he's, he's questioning the, the play calling from, from Sean McVeigh. Chris? I, I kind of see where he's coming from, and, and, and he sits in the stadium more than we do, so he's seeing it firsthand, I suppose. So we may we may see some of that firsthand in a few weeks. But at the start of the season, I thought we were sort of keeping things back and, and holding things to, to maybe see things further on down the stretch. But do I think he's stagnant? No, I don't think he's stagnant. No, I, I think he's still one of the, the up-and-coming coaches, and I think you've still got to class him as that. I don't think he's the finished article himself. Every coach has a style. How quickly they can change a style is sort of the that's supposed what they're actually supposed to be there for and what they're supposed to learn on the job, isn't it? I suppose so. Some of the plays have been odd, especially I think, and again, the yardage might not be right, but I think we were like three and 17, three and 18, and we're playing the the screen pass, which effectively Goff's throwing it one yard in front of him and getting tackled. I don't understand that play call when we were maybe 13 points down or even less than that at the time. I don't get that. If you're going to go down on it, you might as well go and have a go further on down the field rather than trying to run it on that. I, I don't know. There just seems to be a little bit of disjointedness, I think, and hopefully they can get it together now with obviously and sometimes going on the road may actually assist them because then maybe it brings them a little bit closer together maybe they're obviously the people are, everyone's spending 24-7 if they go and, and travel and so on together again we don't know 
sometimes is it better not being in the stadium like we said earlier because there's that everyone's saying that there's a lot more of the actual opposition in there but if you're actually in the opposition stadium then you haven't got to worry about that I don't know I mean, I think I think that is part of the problem. In so much as that, you know, Los Angeles is is a city of transplants. There are there are people from all across the U.S. So you have that cross contamination of um, fans of other teams all across the the city. <laughs> That's um, just a plastic surgery. <laughs> but just just to back up what Vince and what you've just said as well, Chris. You know, Warren Reed here has has written about three paragraphs as his question. But to sum it up, <laughs> um, he backs you up and says, "Does Sean McVeigh have the biggest poker face in the league? And has he only scratched the surface of the 2019 playbook and what the team is actually capable of?" Um, so he he goes on to say that he, th- he thinks we're holding back for a playoff run in the second half of the season and going strong in good form to the playoffs um, because obviously Gale is not the player he was um, I don't think he's actually coming to a question here um, or was, <laughs> well, he's answered it a, for us <laughs> I think we spoke about it in that basis we spoke about this I think maybe last week week before or, or whenever we always seem to tail off at the back end of the season and it happened last season we had some of our defeats in the last couple of weeks and actually going into the playoffs we were a bit mm, are we going to be all right sort of thing? So in that basis, I kind of see where he's coming from. If get to the bye week in, in a decent position and then you hit it hard. I may have been shot down last week of saying that we may sometimes struggle after a bye week, but actually we do we do have a decent record. If you've actually got some sort of momentum going into the playoffs, which I don't even think we had last year, that can only benefit you. Yeah, um, I think Jordan pointed out that after the bye, we've, Lost. I know we beat the Detroit Lions, um, and then we lost a couple after that uh, against Chicago and the Eagles, and then we went on a winning streak again for the final two against the Cardinals and 49ers So yeah, I don't know. In terms of that home field disadvantage, I mean, we we went to the Super Bowl last year, so we had the same thing, and even it should have been worse last year. Logic being that you'd think there'd be more fans going to the games after reaching the Super Bowl, supporting the Rams. So I'm not quite sure if that really is an excuse, considering you arguably had the best, well, the best game I've ever seen in the Coliseum against uh, the Chiefs. Uh, that's, that definitely didn't hold them back, did it, in terms of scoring points. So I'm not sure about that. I mean, and in terms of the play calling, McVeigh is known for, well, their offense is known for being quite a simple formation or set uh, personnel, but he disguises it very well. That's what he was known for. Whether people are, are uh, clocking the disguises and picking things up easier, but if you're able to do those disguises in the first place, it can't be that hard on a thought just to do tweak it to make it. I mean, they think you're doing it that way now, and then tweak it slightly differently to appear to do the opposite or whatnot. Do you know what I mean? So he's obviously capable of making things look what they're not. So... To me, I think it's got to be down to a lot of player execution, as they all keep saying, and I've criticised them for keep saying. But also, I haven't been his biggest fan, McVeigh's biggest fan in the red zone. I think he sometimes calls some terrible players, including like that screenplay uh, that you, you mentioned, Chris, which just we just don't seem to get that working, and he keeps going back to it. So, and too often than not, he just like just like run it up the gut, keeps saying. And uh, it's just sometimes try to be, be a bit too clever. So I think it's got it in them. It's just, um, and there is times, obviously, losing three weeks in a row. Um, he has looked a bit stunned on the sidelines. But, I mean, he, I think he's got it in him to, to, to turn this around. And, again, not to be too negative, we are three and three. We're not losing, you know, I haven't got a losing record as of yet. Um, and we've got very winnable games coming up. So... You'd like yeah. to hope so, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I said that previous couple of weeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Even though they're away and technically, uh, obviously, the Wembley game is supposed to be a home game, but it's, it's, it's a way for them. Um, it still, still should be winna- winnable games. Um, although, saying that, when we all get on to Atlanta, um, I'll just mention quickly now that most of us, apart from you, Chris, have us down as a loss on the original article that we wrote pre-season so interesting 
just shows how much we thought about Atlanta before the season, and now they're rocking a one and five record. So you just can't predict football, can you? <laughs> Apart from the Patriots, the Patriots will be in the Super Bowl every year. Well, it's because the AFC is poor. <laughs> is that? Is there any more, Tony? No, that's that's pretty much it for the, um, the the San Francisco game. I think most people were were looking at the season as a whole and how we were going to progress. Um, and obviously, some questions and comments there about personnel changes, mainly about the offensive line and the uh, and Togeli actually. Um, but to say we weren't going to spend much time on talking about the San Francisco game, we've we've just clocked up half an hour, guys. <laughs> Well, it's easy but to moan, isn't it? Seamless link. You've obviously spoken about personnel changes. So, where, what are we talking about next? Personnel changes. Hey! <laughs> hey, hey we're getting good at this now. We're getting good at this now. <laughs> it's the personnel change section of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to week seven. Now, last night, obviously for us, it was quite late. What time was it? About nine o'clock or so? Things started heating up in the rumour mill. And obviously when we woke up, so quite a few wheeling and dealing done by our boys in the, uh, the front office. So I'm just going gonna, gonna to reel off what I believe has happened, if that's right with you guys, and then we'll, we'll, we'll take one at a time, I guess. So from what I understand, in the last... Well, let's go through the injuries. So we know Noteboom from that 49ers game, he got injured. He's out for the season. So there's our, one of our starting offensive linemen, granted one of the fresh faces to that line. He is now out. So what essentially was just a starter is now out. Tlaib is now on injured reserve, our number one cornerback. And John Johnson is now on injured reserve as well with his shoulder injury. With that news, last night it was coming in quick and fast and this is what's happened. So it looks like I think the first move was a trade with the Browns, I believe, for Austin Corbett, offensive lineman. Undisclosed pick? Have we, have we heard any more? What round that was, or 2020 draft pick? Anyone know that? I've not. I've not read anything about that. Okay. No, I'm not seeing that. I still think they haven't actually stated that. So it's for a 2020 pick. Um, so we will have to wait and see what that was for. We then traded some more picks for. No, no, sorry. We traded away Marcus Peters. So we got one cornerback, an injured reserve. The other one is now heading to the Ravens. So, looking good back there, isn't it? And then we, for that trade, I think we got a draft pick, 2020 fifth round draft pick for, for Marcus Peters, and also Kenny Young, an inside linebacker from the Ravens. And then after that, we're thinking, oh, that can't be it. We've got rid of Marcus Peters. Who's going to play back there? And then we all predicted it, I think. It was all on our minds, and people were laughing at us for thinking it. We picked up Jalen Ramsey. And... We gave away a 2020 first-round draft pick. So pointing to that earlier about someone saying our first-round draft pick get looking better by the minute has now gone uh, to the Jaguars. Also has the 2021 first-round pick. So that's quite, I think there was actually a fourth-round pick given as well. Now, I may have mixed a couple of them up. It may have been a fifth-round pick in the 2024 uh, Ramsey, and then the fourth-round pick may have been for the other trade. But, uh, yeah. That was all the moves. Have I missed anything off, Tony or Chris? No, I think you've got it there, Aaron. I think you've got it. Yeah. But, uh, it was, um, I think I saw the first two trades go through before I hit the sack last night. Um, but then I'm up at stupid o'clock in the morning, about half past five. And um, first thing I, I, I did when I checked my phone was um, I saw that Jalen Ramsey was in the house, um, which was... A surprise. I know it's been mooted a lot during the season that he would that we would be pitching up for him, and he's he's been quite discontent at uh, Jacksonville, hasn't he? Um, but that was a bit of a surprise that we that Les Snead sprinkled his magic fairy dust again, went completely bananas in the space of about four or five hours, and uh, brought three young. 24-year-old players in, in into the squad. I, I don't think you can fault him for trying to change the direction of the season by bringing new personnel to bear. Um, and they are good young players. And the, the lad to the 
not not the experience perhaps, but the the quality of the squad. Um, and I think yet again we'll have one of the youngest squads in the league. What are your thoughts, Chris? Was that too much to give up for Jalen? No, I don't think it is. I think he's the best cornerback in the league. He may have his off-field issues, but that's exactly what people thought about Peters. And he has... And, and don't get me wrong, we've spoken on this pod in the last few weeks about Peters and where he was a bit of a, a firework sometimes ready to go off and, and chirping and so on. But that's the kind of guy he is. But I think he's done very well for the team and wish him well, obviously, on his um, journey uh, with them. We, we may... Well, we, he will come up against us, and, and I think Tony will see that one. I think we've, we've got a, few, a fantastic player coming in there. I think he's going to fit straight in uh, and do an absolute superb job. And the, there's there's pockets now of that of that defence that's obviously building very very nicely. I think, and it's again, it's something that needed evolving. You've obviously got the monster AD at front, Weddle's in there, you've now got Ramsey in there, Littleton's turning up. So it's it's starting to build quite well and, and on that side of the ball's working quite well. The offensive line's done really well with obviously bringing the young guy in. I think he was playing at centre, was he? Am I right in saying it? Um, I think he was, he was drafted at college. I think he played centre and a guard. Yeah, they so... tried putting him at tackle to start with, which didn't work out. Um, so I'm, obviously, I think we're bringing him as more of an interior guy. Yeah, I think uh, so. So we'll we'll see how that obviously pans out, and having someone else obviously on the on the linebacker core is obviously going to push them forward as well, which is great. We could have really gone crazy and signed AB, so at least we didn't go that far. Yeah, I think that's. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a couple of things that, sorry, a couple of things that that came out of it which you got to look at, and and I as soon as I started looking at it, as as Tony said, I think I saw the first two trades go through and. You look at it and you think, right, okay, we freed up some some salary cap there. The and the first name that comes to mind for me was was Ramsey, and I think that it 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 would have it was definitely the one that I thought, right, okay, that looks like the one that's going to happen now. I've seen a couple of tweets go around today in relation to those picks. I think Tony, you even shared one on Facebook that we now hold the Jaguars top five so they're they're three of their top five draft picks yeah the 2014 20, to 16 season we now own. 50, yeah. yeah yeah so we've now got all three of those um being Bortles, fowler and, and now Ramsey. so maybe we just need the, the jaguars picks we don't need our own let them bed themselves in get away from their rookie year and then we'll take them over maybe they're our now feeder club i'm not sure um <laughs> The only thing that I did see today which has made me think a little bit and, and I don't know, maybe it's it's worth discussing now or, or further on down the line is that there's talk of salary caps changing, there's talk of more money, more money coming into the franchises, there's a new TV deal coming up which will potentially extend the, the salary caps and things but we've got some serious players potentially next season on some seriously large deals can they hold on to all of them and still progress um so obviously goff and girl have been paid ad's been paid ramsey's now obviously got a contract there so there's a lot of big name players holding a lot of that cap we know that sneed's very very clever in and what he does and there's been certain players that have taken that step back and I think Hecker was one of them that rescheduled or, or restructured his deal to, to free up stuff. But again, it's something to potentially think about. We People said then we, we got called uh, out for it last year. We, we, we obviously bought our way to the Super Bowl, which uh, fine if, that, if that's how people want to see it. But we do potentially need to think about that further on down the line is that if you do want to keep moving forward, and yes, we've got one of the youngest squads in the league, but is there, is there going to be enough salary cap to start bringing those names still through? Yeah, I'm just looking at that. I think you've got um, Tlaib, Ed Spires, Whitworth, Brockers, Dante Fowler, Zerloin, uh, Littleton, and Marquis Christian. He'll, he'll be filling in, obviously, with the injuries. Uh, Blythe, another offensive lineman, whether he's performed well enough to take a good deal there. Yeah, they're the noticeable, one, uh, noticeable ones. Um, so 
We'll see. I guess what the deal is, how much room there is to... Because part of me thinks, although we've given up those two first rounds, I was almost thinking that I can see them getting one back via another trade. I mean, where we are, Rich at is possibly in the, well, the wide receiver uh, department. And could they afford to give up one of those guys to let Reynolds come in and fill that gap while we get, you know, a, a pick back or, you know, a trade somewhere else that helps us out better in that position? Um, have you thought about anything like that where we could thin out another strength and area to help the other? Well, we had a question last week is do we think we get involved in the trades and we all pretty much said no. <laughs> so <laughs> I think well, we know nothing. <laughs> well, that was, before, that was before we lost another game. <laughs> true, very true. The um, are coming off. I, I think that, that as, a, as I said, Sneed and the backroom staff and, and front office staff, they are very, very clever people. I, I don't think they like to get involved in the first round draft. I don't think they want to. <laughs> No. <laughs> it, it seems like Les needs like we're not interested in getting involved in all that malarkey. It's, um, yeah, it seems like sometimes it's just too much of a. Unless you're picking obviously in the first ten or whatever, but even then they can. Well, we could just like you just said, only a couple of years, and we've got three years worth of uh, first round picks from the Jaguars. So um, it just shows you how much of a risk it can be, whether it's with Ramsey. It seems like it's a bit more of a personality clash than obviously the player's ability. I think um, so, yeah. So, I mean, hopefully that gets itself sorted out when he comes in. It's just the, a clash of two people over there. Uh, I like to think our guys are a little bit more, I don't know, just maybe just friendlier guys that, <laughs> that just get the best out of people. And he'll be working for uh, Wade Phillips, of course, which everyone loves. So hopefully he'll get him on, on, on side. But I, don't, I mean, I don't know too much about the other guys, really. I mean, most people are saying Kenny Young who? Uh, I'm guessing for, well, for people like me who, who don't know these, I mean, he's only a couple of years in. Did he get drafted this year? It was last year, wasn't it? They were saying. It was the first round. Was he a first round or just after, just first into the second round pick as well? Fourth. What, from this fourth, year? Yeah, fourth round in the 2018 oh, fourth round, pick. was it? Sorry, 20, sorry. 2018 draft. 2018, yeah, so his second season. So, yeah, it was a lot of like Kenny Who, and that's what most people were like, well, this can't be it, can it? <laughs> Giving away Peters and suddenly... So, yeah, it was a bit obvious that Ramsey was going to, I think, uh, come on side. But uh, hopefully he's one of those guys that is he's, he's not coming in the same way Ramsey's going to come in and be a, yeah, an obvious starter once he gets his... Um, gets going with the scheme and whatnot. But hopefully he'll be a guy that can just back up the others and the, the linebackers there uh, with Reader and uh, Hager. So, um, yeah. I think that was it, really. I don't know if there's been any more in the last 10 minutes. So, <laughs> I've not seen anything flash up on the alerts or anything. So, no, no I, th- I, think we're, I think we're still at the same numbers. Cool. Plenty of time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, um, okay. So, shall we move on to this week's game? Yeah. Let's. Okay, so we face Atlanta Falcons, which I've already mentioned are currently on a 1-5 and five record. So not a fantastic start for them. We are facing them on their turf, though. <laughs> Sorry, probably not the nicest places for us to go back to, neither at the present moment, thinking about where we were the last time we played on that turf. What was that? It was the Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> 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 I've already forgotten, mate. I moved on. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, so. Sorry. Hopefully, that's all right. <laughs> Lost my mojo now, mate. Um, hopefully, with with that record, we should, it should be our bounce back game. <laughs> if not, I don't know who we're going to trade for. Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts? Any, uh, do you know much about this team? Um, I was watching and, and listening to, like I said before, I've listened to a few things coming up because in relation to fantasy and all that, and the people are saying that they are, and, and I haven't got the stat in front of me, but I think they are one of the um, lowest teams to um, concede points against the throwing game. Um, so that's why they're saying this could be Jared Goff's sort of bounce back game to, to get it out of his system and move forward. They they lost last week um, to the Cardinals by one point. Matt Ryan can always be dangerous. He was 30 or 36 attempts last week for 356 yards and four touchdowns. 
Now, don't get me wrong, they were worth playing the Cardinals, which again isn't supposed to be one of those those teams that are, are obviously going to be up there this year. But that's still a, a healthy number. Doesn't matter who you're playing, you've still got to put those yards on the tape. They they've got obviously Julio Jones is is a superb player in his own right. But yeah, effectively, you'd like to hope that we are in a position of of being able to take a team out like this. But I just, I obviously had this down for for a win, I think what you said earlier, and I just hope it's not going to be that banana skin where everybody thinks we're going to win and it is that game you bounce back. You need to obviously concentrate on it to the fact that you're playing a... Super Bowl worthy team which effectively all 32 teams should be of that well except for the Dolphins but anyway it's it's effectively what, what how we've got to face it forward I think they can be and they and they have been a dangerous team they, they're one in five yes but they, they've they been in the position before where they, they've well I say they've been in a position before they were, they were in a very good position in the Super Bowl a few years ago and then it's all sort of gone downhill from that game really but yeah, I, I think we should. We will come out with it victorious. I think, but we've got to go at it with the right frame of mind. They have got some dangerous players that that can affect the game on both sides of the ball. But I think we will be stronger, and we've we've improved the squad. I think so. Yeah, I, I think that's effectively where we are. I haven't watched too much of them at all, really. I mean, I know Tony, you're not a big fan of watching anyone else. <laughs> Um, we've only got so much time haven't we (laughs) such a story (laughs) but uh, you mentioned you touched on it there Chris about their passing yards they are second in the league at the moment for passing yards so um, Matt Ryan likes to sling it as they say yeah I don't think the running game is what they want to do so bringing in the best cornerback in the league isn't probably a bad time to do it no perfect time and um, I have heard some people saying well, what we need to do is we need to get two of our other guys double team in the, the, the number one wide, wide receiver for teams and get Ramsey on their number two um, because if you put Ramsey on their number one the number two in a lot of teams may be able to smoke someone else on our, our secondary yeah so I like, like the sound of that yeah so um, in terms of there we know obviously about uh, Julio Jones and then um, Mohamed Sanu I suppose potentially would be the number two would he I mean as I've said I haven't watched them but just looking quickly at th- their stats at the moment they're a bit, it seems like they're a bit like us in the way they spread it around I mean looking at their in terms of stats you've got uh, Austin Hooper he's got three touchdowns 480 yards Jones is on 467 he's second in terms of yardage four touchdowns Ridley 343 yards, four touchdowns, and then Sanu, 310 yards, one touchdown. So you can see that the reason why he likes to sneak, he's obviously good at passing it around, spreading it out across all his, uh, his guys there. So that's the danger. So, yeah, it's a good job we have picked up one of the best cornerbacks in the league to hopefully um, shut that down a little bit. And the good thing is that that may be the only thing we have to focus on because their rushing is terrible, and the 29th in the league on that. But hopefully that's just only one part of the game that we'd have to mainly look at. But yeah, in terms of uh, the rest of the team, uh, their their defence, I don't know where they stand. So, Tony, do you have anything to say about the Falcons? I mean, I think I read the same article as you, to be honest, Aaron, you know, the, about, you know, Matt Matt Ryan is a decent quarterback. Um, he was one of the, the sleeper quarterbacks for the fantasy league. You know, he's solid. He's always going to put up decent numbers. He's going to become pretty consistent week in, week out. And I actually, I actually picked him up in one of my, my fantasy leagues as well. And he's, he's been fairly decent for us to, so far. Um, you know his quality. He's, he's not always got the best team around him, but I, I think they are underperforming. Um, hopefully they keep on underperforming for at least one more week. And we can get past them. But I mean, these guys are our ex divisional rivals. You know, we we played against them from sixty seven to two thousand and one. We've got history as as fans and the franchises. Fortunately, we hold the upper upper hand from those seventy seven games. In so much as we won forty seven of them, but yeah, it's not going to be easy. You know that we we asked for this game before we travel to London, so that we we can be on the the east coast before we fly across the Atlantic. 
I, well, I don't think we still know whether we're going to fly directly after the game or spend some time in and around Atlanta before we fly. But I just hope it doesn't bite us before we come to Wembley. I think it's a game we can win. I, I like the idea of putting Jalen Ramsey on there, number two wide receiver, and then double teaming potentially Julia, Julio Jones. Yeah, we, we need to win this to get our season back on track. Just to sort of throw in some numbers, hmm. we are from basically the last three games that we played against these against the Falcons, we've, we've lost. Is that's just the the, the negative? Um, <laughs> but in relation to sort of league rankings, we are they have a better offense ranking. They are seventh or thirteenth. We've got the better defense, twelve to twenty sixth passing. They've got the second, we're the sixth, but rushing, we're 21, they're 29. So we're three and three, they're one in five. Numbers-wise, there's not, well, you wouldn't probably say there's that much in it. You'd just like to hope we're on a little bit more of a a swing. So, yeah, I I don't know, in in relation to the the NFL, when I do sort of the NFL picks and so that, I've gone 90% are looking at a Rams win on the picks so people expect us to, to, to win this one anyone got any questions for us about this game Tony um, there, there were no questions specifically about the Atlanta game more about the team in general um, there were a few questions asking if we if we should be trading and then a few questions came in afterwards when we had traded and uh, whether whether we thought we got value from the two first round picks but we've we've already sort of covered that um, although here is one question actually Mark Rebego he's going to the Falcons game give him three positives on our team before he gets there Aaron, he's, 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 I assume he's a Rams fan, right? <laughs> he's a Rams fan. He's <laughs> a in holiday goer. I just happened to search Atlanta on Twitter and came across us. <laughs> <laughs> Three positives. Three let's, positives. Let's, yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, well, um, what are we wearing? Are we wearing the the, the color rush, the famous color rush that you love? Are we wearing that at all? Ooh, I don't think so. Good <laughs> question. So. It's a nice kit. I was thinking about getting that, Chris. I don't know about you, mate. Why have you just done that? Uh, I, I, I'm just going to. Um, I don't know. Do they sell it anywhere? I might. <laughs> I might. <laughs> you throw me right under a bus there, Aaron. Appreciate I that. I, what, you ain't gone out and got it, have you, Chris? I may have that jersey. Yes, Tony. Yes. <laughs> Please still talk to me. <laughs> he oh, he's dear, joking, dear. he's joking. We just thought a little little joke for Tony, we thought. We'd throw that out there. Um, no, for the three, <laughs> three positives. Well, firstly, you're getting to see the Rams play. That's a positive, right? I mean, we rarely get... He's, he's a British lad, I'm assuming. No, no, he's, he's US-based. Ah, oh, right, OK. Well, well done for travelling out of the country, mate. Uh, is, he, is he going home to Wembley game, as he said? He hasn't said about that. He's going to the Falcons game. Right, well, if we get a win, I suggest he gets on another plane and comes over to London and comes join us at the Borough Boy. If he does, there'll be beers for him. Yes, you had it here. Tony will wear him beer. We're wearing white uniforms on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, we are. Okay, right, okay. So that's not a positive. But yeah, you're getting to watch the Rams. And obviously, as fans from over here, we don't get to see them. We might not see them for a long time unless we travel all the way over there. So that's always positive. Uh, number two, you get to see Ramsey probably in a uniform. That's going to be exciting. See how he kicks off. Um, he's a uh, career with us. And number three, probably going to be nice weather, isn't it? In Atlanta, would it be nice weather? It's an indoor stadium. It doesn't really matter. Well, you know, <laughs> it'll be heated then, won't it? It'll be... It's a nice you're re- stadium. You're reaching there, are you? Heard, it's, a nice, it's, a, it's a nice stadium right here. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, that's my... That's Chris, my save us, save us, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Give us three positives, Chris. Let me just... Aaron, just put that spade away, yeah? Um, <laughs> the three positives will be that you will see Jared Goff throw for at least four touchdowns. Woo. I'm doing some Tony Tony predictions here. Um, I was going to say, see... actually, should we do... Should we jinx it with predictions this year, this, this week? <laughs> I don't think we've got any right... Tony's so not allowed to predict anything. Um... You'll see four touchdown passes from Jared Goff. You'll see a Rams victory. 
And I'm gonna, you will see a Ramsey interception. Bold. Bold. Love it. Okay, so since I'm banned from doing predictions, I'll, I'll not bother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, I... I yeah, I, I know we did all the predictions before the end of the before the start of the season. It was, it was only Chris who had this Atlanta game down as a win. Everybody else has it down as a loss. Well, Luke, I'll change that though now. <laughs> After seeing what's happened, I think I, I, I would go with a win now. My heart says a win. Yeah. I would change that if I could. You Sorry, can't. go ahead, Luke. <laughs> Um, yeah, Luke and I have this down as our third loss of the season. Everybody else, apart from Chris, has it down as our second loss of the season. Um, yes, this prediction lack's not easy, is it? <laughs> reason, reason why we're not rich on uh, probably betting. Unless no, you are, true. you're not telling me. <laughs> no, no, that's true. That's okay. True. Anything yeah. else for this game? No, there isn't. Okay, any general questions? Yes. Uh, let's have a look. So, Luke Nicklin, um, who is based in Suffolk. So, with the Eagles releasing Zach Brown, do you think we should sign him for the remainder of the season to help out the defence? He's a good, solid linebacker with huge experience. Anybody aware of Zach Brown and his competencies? <laughs> No, but we've just got another linebacker, so I think we're full. Excellent. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be uh, looking into that area of the field anymore. Yeah. Deedledee. Kevin Doyle, who is based from... Oh, I don't know where he's from, actually. He's, he's got a very I'm gonna private... Go with, uh, I'm going to go with Japan. <laughs> uh, I think we're safe saying he's not from Japan, but <laughs> you never know. He might, might have moved out there. You never know. Um, given Gurley's drop in production, are we looking at his last season as a Ram? He's been great, but he's been paid too much for 10 to 15 touches a game. Or do you see him getting back to being a top back? Aaron? Me. Um, I don't think they're going to give up on him that quickly. Um, I mean, that almost... It's a fire, in, a fire injury he's got at the moment, they're saying, isn't it? They haven't said how long he's going to be out for, other than... Uh, nope. He's not play- he wasn't playing last weekend. Um, they haven't actually said if he's going to play this weekend, have they? We, we should be due the injury report any time now, actually. But no, we, we don't okay. have an injury report for this week. I think they've kind of got some insurance when they drafted Henderson, probably for that reason. And he's shown splashes. Obviously, had his, um, his fumble, which happens. They've all been there, all done that, so that's girly. But So I think there's a little bit in the back of the mind in case it all goes... All goes wrong for going. They've got a bit of insurance there, um, knowing that Brown is a, a quality backup and probably could start for some teams. But I don't think you're going to give a guy a contract. Knowing, I mean, they gave him. My memory's going a bit blanket. Did they give him a contract after the issues or before it with his knee? After. It was after, right? I think so. Yes. I think it was. So clearly that they don't think it's that big of an issue. And we, we were talking about this before the podcast about someone saying about trading him away and that he's on a big contract and who's going to take him if they if they trade him away for a reason of performance or because of injury. There's not many people who are going to want to take that contract on and give us much for it. So I think he's going to ride it out and they're just going to get what they can out of him. Again, it may just be that he's... I mean, it's not just on him, but his performance. Again, it's potentially the O-line. I mean, it, Goff is having a bad time because of it. it the run game suffers for it. So, and it, apart from that first drive against the 49ers where he wasn't playing, um, which looked really good, they struggled, apart from a few couple of runs from Henderson, um, they struggled the rest of the game. So I don't think it's just a girly issue. Um, some of it's got to be play calling. Some of it's got to be O-line issue. Um so I think they'll probably just ride it out with him and say, unless he takes a turn for the worst and he, he gets an injury on that knee or something somewhere else that puts him out for a long time, I can't see them doing anything with him in terms of trading. I mean, just looking at the contract, actually, it was the 24th of April last year when we exercised the fifth-year option on his contract. And then three months later, 
signed a four-year, $60 million contract extension. And it was only this year, earlier this year, that the, the in inverted commas, arthritis was diagnosed for, for Todd Gurley. And so that happened after the contract, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But then he, he had, um, he's obviously had knee injury in the past, hasn't he? So... That's why he dropped to us in the draft, to be honest, and we took a chance on him. We did his ACL, didn't he, in college? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know how you feel about Chris. What was the question again? <laughs> what we're going to do with him, I think. Um, I think, yeah, and thanks for Kevin is one of the more vocal uh, guys in our group chat which if you want to join in our Rams group chat for, for games and so on it, it goes pretty crazy during the game so contact us on the uh, direct messages on the, on all the social medias and we can add you into that but I think it sort of goes back potentially dependent on if it becomes back in fit and, and how he produces to what I was saying earlier if he's not producing I don't think any player except if your name's Aaron Donald, are you any bigger than the franchise? So the fact that if he isn't producing and potentially those injuries are lingering or there's others whatever else happening, then maybe they may then maybe they will move him away. I don't know. We were talking before about you free up and you you gain draft picks. How can we get any more draft picks than than, than what you're gonna get for for him? Do you know what I mean? It's well, we'll see what happens, and, and there's going to be lots of talk, I think, as we go through this season, and it's lots of talk that we potentially may not have had in previous seasons, which is nice to potentially be in that that realm of we weren't even talking about moving players away. The only reason we wanted to move players away in in previous years was actually because they were garbage. Now we're all we're talking about how we actually want to improve ourselves. Indeed, indeed. How many sixth round picks do you think we can get for him? <laughs> the whole, the whole round, I think. <laughs> the whole round. I can just see Les Snead's face now. It's just lit up like a little cherub. But, uh, final question here from Glenn Jenkinson, who's based up in Cumbria. He's a Newcastle fan as well. Um, one word answers. Do this year's Rams have enough talent in this current squad and the right coach to turn it around and reach the playoffs? Chris? Yes. Aaron? Yes. And I'm a yes as well. Excellent. What a positive bunch we are. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Now, <laughs> um, have we got time for one more question? Quick fire round. Quick fire round. <laughs> Daniel Flint, regular correspondent. What would you offer the Redskins in a trade for Trent Williams? It's not going to be a big salary that we're going to be offering, is it? Because we've only got about $2.8 million left in cap space. Mm. Straight, swap, straight swap for note, boom. <laughs> okay. I, I don't even know. I don't even know how much he's worth. I know he's, uh, he's, uh, he was high on one of the lists of what we should be aiming to get. Probably too much for us now, isn't it? Let's face yeah, it. I, I think it is too much for us. I think we've made the move. I know we just picked up another offensive line, uh, lineman there, but um, the line does tend to be quite a hard one to just get someone in midway through the season. It's, very, it's a lot more team-orientated, it feels like, working together than some of the other positions. But with, with a cornerback, for example, you're pretty, you can be on an island, can't you? You just do your thing. You can get away with it. I think sometimes with, with the line, <clears throat> and you, you guys may be able to tell me a little bit, different on that do they they maybe have to understand and read the game sometimes a little bit more I know sometimes it doesn't look like these big fellas are doing much on the line but they are pivotal to how you're actually going to move forward but yeah I, I think we've sort of made our bed now we've got a line it with, with the picks we've already made we're I mean, recording this, exactly this now it. at 25 past 10 on Wednesday night in the UK Anything could happen by the time Lesney gets in the office, but <laughs> we could free yeah. up some salary space from somewhere we never knew it existed. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, and but I think we've, we're pretty much done on there. And he's a he's a good player, but I think it's going to cost us too much. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't think there's 
I don't think we've got enough resources to actually trade for him at the moment. I think I think we've made we made the deals. We we made room for the the salary for for Jalen Ramsey last night. And I think that's our big move. To be fair, there are two weeks left before the trade deadline. I think. I think. Is it? I was going to ask that and see when that was. Uh, or is it the twenty? Yeah, it's either a week or two weeks until the deadline. I think we've made our move. We've been, we've been ballsy about it. I think we've got the player that we wanted. I think we've got a couple of backup players that will hopefully improve. And I think you touched on it, Chris, that I don't think any team actually trades to improve the offensive line. I think that is done through through the draft and you bring players through the system and give them time to learn it and, and work as a unit. It is a unit, isn't it, rather than a, than a star player. They just drop in to perform. So that's all the questions done, yeah? Uh, not even half, but right, there was well, a lot well, of replication. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, we'll leave it as that because uh, I think we've uh, we've gone on quite, quite long enough now. Um, so... This Sunday, six o'clock is the kickoff time, isn't it? Yay! Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like you've got kids running around at six o'clock. I'm not sure how easy it's going to be to watch that or instead of the night garden, but we'll have to see. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, week seven at Atlanta, uh, six p.m. It's not on Sky Sports, as far as I'm aware. No, it's not. So, nope. for us Game Pass users, happy days. Uh, if not, get yourself a free trial pass, and then you can watch it on there. So, uh, for now, any last words, Tony? No, I think we're done. I think we're done. Yep. Cheers. Cool. All right. See you later, guys. See you later. Cheers.